Welcome to Mortification of Spin, a casual conversation about things that count. With Carl Truman, Todd Pruitt, and Amy Bird. Mortification of Spin is a weekly podcast from the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. Let's join this week's conversation. Well, welcome to Mortification of Spin. So glad that you joined us today. Today is kind of a a banner day. It's one of those special days that we don't get very often on Mortification of Spin. Um, that I think on a on a well on a day like this, I, I feel like the quality um, kind of takes a step up um, by several bounds, and and it's because our our friend Carl Truman is not able to be with us today, and um, and, and that fake English accent of his, I would just do not be fooled by it, folks. But um, I'm here with uh, with Amy Bird, and we are we are Carlless. Uh, today and uh, so we're 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 flying without our our historian friend, um, but we're we're talking about a topic that is um, because I'm a pastor and a parent. It's uh, it's a topic that's near to my heart because it's one that uh, I've, I've seen lived out in a lot of different contexts and a lot of different families and a lot of different lives, and it's one that. I, I get a lot of questions about and one that I think probably most of our listeners have some sort of experience with either directly or, or through a, through a friend. And, and the, the subject is having a prodigal child, being a Christian who has a, a prodigal child, a child who, to use, um, uh, you know, the language from, from, from Jesus's beloved uh, parable, a, a child who's gone to the far country. And, and we, you know, we want to acknowledge, first of all, that it happens. It happens to Christian families um, for a child to, for whatever reason, to, to, to wander off. And, and it's heartbreaking. Um, it causes a great deal of, of sadness, um, oftentimes causes uh, shame, embarrassment on the part of the family. But it's always a source of pain. And so we want to talk about that today, how to think about what it means to be a prodigal, you know, do you have a prodigal or do you just have a child who's struggling? You know, is there a difference there? What we think there is, how to think about that. Um, what is having a prodigal? What might having a prodigal mean for someone who's in ministry, for someone who's an elder or a pastor? And then what might it look like to, to, to reach out and to pursue uh, the prodigal in your life? So we want to talk about some of those things. Um, Amy, I mean, obviously, as someone who is active in the church and someone who gets an opportunity to talk to a lot of people, uh, you no doubt have had conversations with, with heartbroken parents oh, yeah. um, who have a, who have a prodigal child. What's, what's, what have some of those conversations been like? Oh, from the whole range, you know, mm-hmm. um, just this weekend I was talking to, to some women and, and they were sharing, um, you know, some of them whose children have now walked away from the faith and have, mm-hmm. you know, they have now walked away from their confession and they deny right, Christ. Right. And, um, and then those also who have told me about all kinds of um, sinful lifestyle that their children were in and, and they were walking away from the Lord for years and then have come back. And, mm-hmm. and you know, then there's our own kind of what you yeah. were talking about, Todd. I think a lot of it is, just parents as your kids are, you know, in their teenage and young adult years, you know, when they're first beginning to have to own their faith for, for their own, when they're asking these big questions that they're, you know, seeing in the real world 
And um, mm-hmm. when they're really just going through what might be an, an I don't know if normal is the right word, but that struggle that we all have to fight our sin, which is kind of intensified at that age because they are lacking a lot of the wisdom of maturity. And, um, and so, you know, even differentiating there, I think, I don't, I don't know if I would call that prodigal. I don't, and I was thinking there's probably a fine line there and it's certainly, we need to address sin and and sin is serious no matter what. So I'm not saying let's make light of that or downplay it, but, um, I'm not sure if you would put that yep. in a category. Yeah, I think that's a good distinction. Yeah. And, and then also, I was going to ask you while we're talking about this and using the word prodigal, mm-hmm. <laughs> which, you know, is a word you don't hear outside of Christian circles. Right. Um, and also, the, I was going to ask you about the word backslidden. Is that, mm. um, that was really big in the Baptist church when oh, I was in it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean do you use that. that word still? You know, I don't use that term. And, you know, maybe, you know, and it might be a, it's probably a perfectly good term. I mean, I think one that I've heard um, a few times in in reform circles has been, you know, kind of uh, lapsed, or maybe we say struggling. But mm-hmm. but backslidden is is not in and of itself a, a, a bad term. Uh, in that, if if we acknowledge that someone who's genuinely converted can mm-hmm. have a, a time, maybe even a, an extended period of time in their life where for whatever reason they're struggling with a sin or a category of sins that that makes it look like i mean where where they really stop walking with the lord now again we affirm perseverance of the saints but a part of that means that there are times when we can fall flat on our face and maybe for an Mm -hmm. extended period of time well and in hebrews you you see that language of you know weak knees and falling and being there to help pick one another up exactly exactly and so I, I think the, the distinction is helpful to make between, okay, you know, is this person, um, you know, and, and as we think specifically about our own children, you know, is this child of mine, um, in, are they going through what I would consider a, a, a struggle with which I just need to help them and, and counsel them or, or have they wandered off and how do we, you know, know the difference is, is being a prodigal, someone who has, um, you know, rejected Christ and apostatized or, or, or can a person be a genuine you know, prodigal, but yet still maintain uh, some profession or semblance of a profession of faith. I, I don't know if there's any kind of, of, of set way to define that, but, but I, when, when I think about a prodigal, I think of, 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 of that one who has um, certainly not walking with the Lord anymore. Maybe they have renounced the faith. Maybe they, they have, they're not ready to renounce the faith yet, but for whatever reason, um, they don't have any interest or desire um, to walk with with Christ, um, mm-hmm. and certainly there have been times when I've seen a couple of my kids have that very struggle um, for whatever mm-hmm. reason. Where where you know, man, they 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 still believe. I still believe in Jesus, but I just don't want to do that right now. Um, I'll, I'll come back when I'm older. You know, I've seen two of my kids process through that through mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, and they and while they never you know wandered off so to speak, you know, we, we always maintain close relationship. I've, I've, I've watched them struggle. And I guess I say that to say, you know, if, if, if you see your kids struggling like that, don't, don't immediately say, oh, you know, this is my prodigal and certainly don't call them a prodigal. Yeah. That's you know? what I'm thinking. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. yep. some of the language we use can, can really put off <laughs> right. people. Right, right. Oh, you're my prodigal child. You know, yeah. oh, no, 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 that, that may not but be it also, I don't know. Something 
something about it just sounds like su- such ancient language yeah, too. Yeah. I mean, we mm-hmm. do need to be able to, to talk to our children in language mm-hmm. that yeah. they yeah. relate to. Right. And, and, and that would, you know, that's probably a, a, a I, I would say one of the things with, with your child who is struggling and maybe they've, they've gone far, um, you know, don't be afraid to, to at least attempt to talk to them openly about it. Don't act like you're, you're too ashamed or too embarrassed to talk to them about it. Hey, you're my kid. I love you. It's obvious you're struggling. Um, that's not a subject that I'm so ashamed that I can't talk about with you, you know? Um, uh, but I, 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 you know, one of the things that um, uh, I, I was wondering about was as, as I've kind of walked with different families all the way back when I was a, a youth minister, you know, there's all kinds of reasons why kids wander off all kinds of reasons. Um, This is certainly not a one size fits all. And I think there's a a big, Yeah, I mean, we need to talk about, because as a parent, you're going to immediately blame yourself. And I mean, I know that I could look back and think, you know, I, in my prayers for my children in the morning, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm thinking of all my failures all the time. Right. I could have done this, this, and this differently. I could have been more zealous in this, right. you know. Yep. Um, so, it's we did, easy. We didn't have enough family devotions. And that's why <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's easy. But then, you know, beside that, we do have a great responsibility to raise our kids in the faith. So, I, I don't want to downplay that. I take it very seriously. So, um well, that's part of the hard part of talking to people about this, isn't it? Oh, because, it's so hard. Because on the one hand, you know, you want to go, listen, um, you know, kids make their own choices sometimes. Mm-hmm. And on the other hand, I mean, I, I remember as a, as a youth minister, mm-hmm. seeing families in my church that, did, that I knew for a fact put a really horrible example in front of their kids at home. Yeah. You know, that, that's a hard thing to talk about. Well, and I do think we do need to examine our hearts right. before the Lord and, and come to Him in prayer. But what I was going to say is that, you know, when your kids are little, it does seem a lot more like you're in control <laughs> right. and your discipline techniques can really work well uh-huh. and you can make them look a certain way even, you right. know? Right. And then as they get older, um, all of a sudden you realize that, oh, you know, this is completely God's grace. <laughs> all of this is. Right. And while I get to participate in it and I have uh-huh. a heavy responsibility in participating in it, ultimately... Um, God is the one in control yes. here. And as I'm praying for the sanctification of my children, um, you know, I'm saying I trust the Lord in that and, and putting that in his quote unquote hands. However, um, do I really want him to do it the way that he's, right. the way that he's going to do it? You yeah. know, because it isn't as pretty. Exactly. exactly. It isn't as pretty right. before the world and myself and, and everybody else. And, you know, I look back at my own life and I, I went through a time of rebellion mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um, I know just from all, it wasn't my intelligence. It wasn't mm-hmm. a particular person that brought me back. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a particular sermon that brought me back. Yeah. I was raised in the church. Um, I made a profession of faith when I was eight years old. Um, I wandered off mm-hmm. But I never, I always said I believed in my heart, you know, but I certainly was living in a rebellion to what I was professing that I believe. And one day it hit me like a ton of bricks that that's what I was doing. You know, I was convicted hard and, and led back to the Lord. So, and, and, and I would hope that the people listening to this right now would, would be encouraged by that and would know that, I mean, think about all the people 
you know, all the people I know who have a, a similar story of having wandered and the Lord brings them back. And so if you've got a kid who's off in the far country right now, please know it, it, it is not the time to give up hope. Oh, no. <laughs> because, because the Lord is very capable of bringing mm-hmm. them back. I have so many people in my life who have that story. You know, I was always the well-behaved kid, you know, and not because I was super godly. I think I was just too afraid to get in trouble. <laughs> And, and, you know, and, 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 you know, Karen, my, my wife and I have joked a lot about the fact that we have three kids and if the Lord had only given us our first two kids, we would probably be those impossible, unbearable parents <laughs> because our first two kids were super easy mm. and they were rule followers. Mm. The second one. Wow. It's usually that second one that gets you. And our first two super easy and then our third child came along and from the moment he was born i mean he came out of the womb fighting he came out of the womb fighting and and he's 19 now and that's the way he's just always been a fighter yeah and and you know the the lord's used him to cure us of any notion that (laughs) you just this this, this, your kid will come out just the way you like him yeah so often we like to have that uh prosperity and that's exactly what it is yeah. And if we put this in, we're going to get this out. Right. And I mean, we certainly have to put those things in. Right. No but, doubt. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and what's interesting, you know, you mentioned that, that prosperity gospel, because it really is a species of prosperity gospel. And, it is. and what's frustrating is you will find uh, manifestations of it in the reformed world mm-hmm. where you'll oh, have absolutely. some of these movements that say, you know, um, uh, if you will um be if if you'll teach them well enough if you'll do family worship the right way if you'll do all of these things your kids will walk with the lord and and you'll encounter some people out there in some of these fringe movements that that basically it it, it, it's a kind of a prosperity gospel and it's a misapplication of some of the promises we have in scripture i think The, the fact is the bible does have a category for people who wander the bible has a category for people you know sadly who apostatize and, and it does happen. And, and when I was a youth pastor, I mean, I can tell you some of the finest kids I had who I'm still close to through social media and who are now raising their own families came out of unbelieving homes. Yeah. And, and some of the craziest kids came out of, <laughs> out of otherwise really good, solid, teach them right homes. It does it, happen. It's, I know it's, it's, a, it's a mister, mysterious, right? Mm-hmm. Because there are, you know, certain um, principles of training up a child in the way Absolutely. they should go. Right? Yep. And, um, and, and then we have, you know, these, this covenantal family and, and the covenantal community and the baptism and, and all of this raising them up in the church. And so we have these promises on one hand, but they don't necessarily mean that, uh, you put this in and you get this out. Right. Because then we're taking God out of the equation completely. Exactly. Exactly. And personal responsibility. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And again, you know, we have to understand, you know, you interpret scripture, scripture with scripture. And we do have these wonderful covenantal realities that we can lean into, that we can pray according to. Um, but the Bible does in the midst of that also allow for this reality that some do wander away. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I don't have a, an ironclad guarantee that that can't touch my family. Now, I, I think, though, that the way that we pray is that we, 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 we go forward with the assumption that um, as far as I know, um, my, my, my kids are in the covenant. They've all uh, professed Christ. 
um, and I'm going to continue to to treat them like and to pray for them um, in in accordance to to, yeah. to this covenant framework. And mm-hmm. you know, if if something down the road happens that breaks my heart, um, God will give the grace to get us through that. But um, I, I, you know, kind of to use your language, I, w- I would, I want to warn parents away from thinking if you just put these things in, if you, if you dial it up this way, you'll get a kid who always makes these kinds of decisions. And it just doesn't, mm-hmm. it doesn't work that way. Well, I was just going to say too, I know something I have to check myself on all the time. And it's kind of related to a statement I made earlier is, um, our, in- our own intentions in doing that. Is it to make ourselves look better as parents mm-hmm. and to have the great Christian family right. look Right. Or is it, you know, and I was faced with that once when uh, my oldest was in high school still and my kids go to public schools. And um, so she invites this really troubled kid at the school to our church. I mean, she's thinking of all people. <laughs> she invites uh-huh. What is she cared about too, yes. you know, but he was troubled. Yeah. And um, to the point where I think it might've been the first time he's ever gone to church because she picks him up in her own car and we meet him there. And in the parking lot, he comes out and he's in a full on suit you know, like full on and we're not dressed like that. And, um, (laughs) however, I hear the F word come out of his mouth before he even gets into the building. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, how many people just heard that? Are they going to think this is her boyfriend? Are they going to think, you know, but then I just had to check myself and say, Amy, obviously this is the type of person who needs church Mm -hmm. and he's going to, he did know how to show the the proper respect going in there. He, he picked up the feels, you know, in there that, and, you know, our pastor took him to lunch and gave him a Bible and talked to, you know, and he came a couple times. He didn't end up staying with it. But, you know, it, I always have to check myself. Right. Yeah. And that's the, one of the things that I have to, you know, kind of work through with parents who are, who are experiencing this is, you know, mom and dad, this is not about you primarily. So, so um, it, it's one thing to grieve properly. It's another oh, thing yeah. to, to be embarrassed and, and to that's yeah. And, and that's what you I mean, want. That was to more about image. Exactly. Exactly. Gr- yep. Grieve by all means, because it breaks our heart if our kid wanders away. Um, but, but you've got to make sure that this isn't about your, your, your image. And one of the ways, if you've got a child who has wandered off, um, you know, then talk about it with, with, your friends at church talk about it with your pastor so they can be praying. Just, you know, when somebody asks you, Oh, how's, you know, how's your son doing? If he's not doing well, you you don't, I mean, you don't have to tell everybody, but you're those closest to you say, you know what? He's really struggling and he's, he's not walking with the Lord right now. When you think about it, please pray for him. Um, There's freedom in that. Um, A lot more people are experiencing that than you might know. Yes. And, Mm -hmm. and you need to be able to say, Hey, um, oh, pray for my son. Love him to death. He's making some bad choices right now. Would you pray for him when you think about it? And and you're you know if you've got good elders, they want to know about that. If you've got good friends, godly friends at church, they want to know about that so that they can pray for you and so they can pray for him or her. Yeah. But you got to get about, over the shame thing. Yeah. How about um, you know, if if you're a church officer mm-hmm, or, mm-hmm. or in the ministry and you have a child that is is either prodigal, mm-hmm. you know, and it's really going down a bad path mm-hmm. or, or one who's, you know, people can mm-hmm. tell they're outwardly struggling with some sins. Yeah. Um, does that yeah. disqualify? Do you think an yeah. Well, it's a there? great, it's a great question. And I guarantee, and I know guys who have struggled with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think, I think 
again, this is one of those things. It's not a one size fits all because um, I know of of pastors who really have, you know, he he and his wife have done a a, a really faithful job with their children, and and because of particular kinds of circumstances, they have a child that wanders away, and it it doesn't at all disqualify uh, disqualify that guy. Um, uh, but there may be a situation where it, where it does, you know, if, 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 if the kid has wandered off because mm-hmm. dad is uh, a saint at church and a creep at home, mm. then yeah, 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 that's, that's, that's a bad thing. You know, if a, if a kid punts the faith because, um, you know, dad is, is godly at church and, um, acts like a real horse's rear end at home or mistreats his wife or, um, you know, uh, for whatever reason, um, is, is, is leads a very, very inconsistent life, a hypocritical life, mm-hmm. then yeah. Now we can't always know that we can't always know that, but I hope that if you're an officer in the church, you're known by enough people, you're known well enough by enough people that if you do have a child that wanders away, those people would be able to come around you and say one of two things, either brother, you, you need not be ashamed of this. We understand. We know your situation. You know, we know Johnny, we love him. We, 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 we know that he wandered off, not because you've been a poor manager of your house, or they might have to say, brother, we're concerned because we, we, we fear that, that some of the things in your life have contributed yeah to this and yeah. the, the point being is that you've got to be well known enough by the by mm-hmm. the by your fellow officers and by other people in the church that they can speak wisdom into your life there and so i think in answer to the question you say you know you know it depends i mean i i i i know i, I have friends who have been pastors or elders whose whose child becomes an addict they mm-hmm. were taught all their life that was wrong they've yeah. always had a good consistent witness right but they try meth and it's mm-hmm. down that path. Them, yeah. yeah, that parent's not disqualified. You know that that officer's not disqualified. Um, but but boy, he and his wife need to be cared for in a, in a yeah. major way. Well, it, you know, I think it goes back. Both of those situations um, have to do with whether or not they're a good manage, right. manager in their household. Exactly. Exactly. Which is scriptural uh, yep. precept there. Yep. And and so and and that's I think sometimes you know it, back to your question. I think that that there have been times when that passage has been misused to say being a good manager of your household means that all of your kids are boom, you know, superstars right, or, right. or all of them are always mm-hmm. working with the Lord. And, and, and I just don't believe that that's a good handling of that scripture. I, I think what we do is we say, okay, here's our pastor, here's elder so-and-so they've got a child who's wandered off. Um, you know, how's, how, how's, you know, how are he and his wife, you know, managing that together? How are they dealing with that? And, um, uh, you know, are they, are they responding in a godly way? Are they pursuing that child in a, in a faithful and godly way? Are they, you know, that, that's the, that's the question, not whether or not you'll ever have a child who struggles significantly, but, Mm -hmm. but if you're in that position, do you, do you quote manage that? Well, do you handle that in a godly, admirable way? And another part of that too is, um, you know, what happens when the child becomes a legal adult? Because Um, you know, you know, I've struggled with that as a parent. Mm -hmm. Now I have a 20 year old and a soon to be 18 year old. And, um, you know, and talking to the first one before she goes off to college, I have to say, look, 
we've been having a lot of control over what you can and cannot do yep. your whole yep. life. And now it's going to be on you. Yep. You, you know, we've put it in. <laughs> exactly. And, and now it's on you. Like you're making these decisions and, um, yeah, that's kind of scary. Yeah, it is. And, 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 and again, that's where, you know, moms and dads, you can do, you, you can, we all know that no parent is perfect. That's not the standard we're holding up, but you can, you can have been, you know, faithful and, and, you know, consistent and, and taught well, um, but we're still talking about 18 and 19 year olds right? Who, who, even if they're taught well, can at times have a capacity to do really stupid things, oh, I mean, yeah. you know, and just like 52 year olds too as well. But, but at 18 and 19, you probably have a greater capacity to do stupid mm-hmm. things. And, um, well, you're just starting to screw up on your own. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, so everything gets, gets different. Right. Stage. Right. Still so, parent. Right. Let, okay. So, Amy, let me ask you this um, before we wrap up. Um, say you have s- somebody in your church and, um, you know, you and Matt are talking to them and, you know, they just, they just kind of open up about a heartbreak they have. Their, their child is beyond just struggle. I mean, they've really just kind of punted the faith and, and they're, they're making awful decisions and they're heartbroken and they want to, you know, and they, and they were to ask you, you know, how do we, how do we approach this kid? You know, he's, he or she is, you know, 19 and they're, they're way out here and they're doing things they know are wrong. What would, what would be some counsel that you give in terms of how, how they, how they can approach or how do you continue to have relationship with that kid? What would you say? The very first thing I would do is just acknowledge their heartbreak over mm-hmm. it and mm-hmm. want to pray with them, you know, really, and and to to join in prayer with them mm-hmm. for their child. Um, and then, and I know as a parent, I long for this, and I know as um, a church member, I have been on the other side of this, and it's it's really been fruitful. Is I would try to think of specific people that could help out. In building relationships with this child who's older than them. Um, we're so intimidated by teenagers and young adults, and it's really a problem, I think, in the church. Um, just inviting them over for coffee, uh, letting them see you in your life, and that you're not as perfect as they thought you were, that um, you're, you're trying hard yourself, you know, and um, just building relationships so then you can enter in and you've earned a space to give advice and, and offer wisdom. Um, besides the parents, right? Parents right. need help, yes. and so I mean, that is a major area where I think we can help out in this issue is to build relationships with the teenagers in the church and the young adults in the church. And um, you know, when they go off to college, you, you know, you hope that that it's much more difficult for that to happen there. They're amongst a big group of people their same age. And so um, I think that's huge. I, I, I have said the same thing to people before is your kid would um, benefit enormously, I think, from another godly adult in their life to just yeah. connect with them. And if you know yeah. someone who fits that bill, don't be afraid to ask them, hey, could you call? Mm-hmm. And somebody with the, the love and the grace yes. to, to not lower standards of holiness, right. Right? right? To be able to call sin, sin. Right. And treat it seriously, mm-hmm. but also be able to um, offer some grace for the situation mm-hmm. 
and, and really dig yep. in and try to build a relationship yep. there. Exactly. I think that's huge. And, and I would just say also, you know, um, as a parent, if you've got a kid who's really struggling, learn how to talk with them. If, you know, unless for whatever reason they've, they've cut you off, if, if you still have a voice with them, let them know that you're able to talk with them um, about things that might make you personally uncomfortable. Yeah, very but, hard. Yeah, but they have permission mm -hmm. to say, this is what I'm doing now without you freaking out. Again, speak truth to them. But as you said, mm -hmm. be, be willing to be able to listen to that inside. Your heart might be breaking. And, and freaking out. Exactly. But you, but, and, and you don't have to act like you're okay with it. Don't do that. No. Yeah. But, but, but let them know that they are actually able to talk about their struggle in an open way mm -hmm. and you don't run out of the room or, or kick them out of the room. Right. Keep, just keep pressing into relationship, press into relationship, press into relationship. Mm -hmm. And, and then, I mean, you know, you've, you've mentioned prayer several times, keep yeah. praying. Prayer. Exactly. And Nancy Guthrie has this in her series of, of one year prayers. She's got this wonderful one on the one year book of praying for your children. And it's terrific. Mm -hmm. my, my wife it has it. Good. Yeah. My I wife has it, it on her nightstand and mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, things like that will help give you perspective Keep in mind, you know, hear stories, you know, even as Amy shared about her own life, how many people do you know who are walking with the Lord who at an earlier time in their life had wandered away? That, that can be your child's testimony. You know, oh, yeah. you, you do, it, it is absolutely not time to lose hope. So I will say, you know, ended up by saying that the, the Lord providentially used that time in my life to let me see how important it is for me to actually know what I believe and why I believe yes. it. Yes. So that's what led me to want to be a better theologian in the first place is because yeah. it does matter. Yes. Very practical. Yeah. Good. All right. Well, um, thank you for listening today. And I hope that we were able to offer some uh, both comfort and wisdom into that situation. Uh, Todd has recommended this book, which I've heard recommended before. I haven't had uh, the chance to read it yet, but it's called Come Back, Barbara by Jack Miller. It's published by PNR, and we are going to give away a few copies to um, some lucky listeners who decide to go over onto our website, mortificationofspin.org, and to register to win a copy of that. Um, I also wanted to just throw out there another book that's really little for reading uh, by Joel Beakey called Getting Back into the Race. It's uh, Cruciform Press, and it's one I found to be very helpful. I think it's good to read now. Uh, you can't really give it away as a gift because nobody <laughs> is really going to want to admit that they're backslidden at that point. <laughs> good to read it first, right? Before you, before you slip away. <laughs> but um, yeah, so you know what, Todd, I noticed? What's that? I listen to a lot of podcasts and a lot of secular podcasts. Mm -hmm. and you know what they always end in saying? What's that? They, they always end saying like, you know, go over to iTunes. Yes. If you like this podcast and subscribe and, uh -huh. and share it with others and leave yes. a review. We never say that. I like that. Well, we ought to start saying that. We should say, you know what? We could, we could really be something. Amy, this is what I'd like you to do. I, I would like you to say that. I would like you to instruct okay. our listeners to do okay. that. Hey, if you <laughs> like what you are hearing today, go over to iTunes or go over to Spotify and subscribe to our podcast for free. Share it with your friends and leave a review. You can also go over to our website, mortificationofspin.org, and you can donate to the podcast, which would be a wonderful thing to do. So there's all kinds of action that we've left in your hands, and we look forward to talking to you next time. Sh
Thanks for listening to Mortification of Spin, a podcast of the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. To read more on hard-hitting topics like this, visit the podcast page and blog at mortificationofspin.org, where we'll have links and other articles from Amy, Carl, and Todd. And while you're there, please subscribe and consider making a donation. And be sure to listen next time when Carl, Todd, and Amy talk about when we can't see that Christians are even motivated by a desire to be in some ways in sync with the Word of God and with the Lordship of Christ and all that it requires, and that not only the practices but also the beliefs aren't in alignment at all, then we have got to do some very serious reflection. That interview is next time. Join us then. Day.